If you will, turn with me in your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be in the beginning of Matthew today, beginning of that chapter. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. It says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we give you thanks for this, this message today, for this sermon. Lord, we ask that you would put me behind the cross today, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. And Lord, if I misspeak this morning, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we're going we're gonna to launch today into a Beatitude series that will go on for <clears throat> probably, I think, eight weeks, eight or nine weeks. We'll be interrupted by Easter in there, so, uh, but we're going to get started anyway. So Jesus gave us these Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. It's written in Matthew for, for generations to come to read. Now at the time, Matthew's audience was, was that of Hebrews. They were Hebrews, and his account is one that supported uh, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah that was foretold in the Hebrew Scripture. And that Jesus offers life that promises eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Now, the, the teachings of Jesus were, were pretty simple. They were basic, they were unique, but they were innovative. And the people of that time didn't quite understand it, because Jesus, Jesus kind of turned the world upside down. He, he, he taught so simply, but it was all upside down and backwards. The truth is, we don't always understand the way Jesus talks. He began teaching during the Roman occupation of Palestine. And at that time, the historical setting noted four major groups in the Jewish religion. There were the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, and the Zealots, all of whom had a different viewpoint of the Hebrew people. Now, the Pharisees demanded strict observance of the Mosaic Law, and it was expressed in the Torah. But they also accepted the oral tradition 
of Jewish customs and rituals. The Sadducees were mainly from the priestly families, and they accepted the law of Moses, but they rejected the oral tradition. The Pharisees, unlike the Sadducees, believed in the resurrection of the dead. The Essenes were a, a, a monastic group, and they awaited a Messiah that would establish the kingdom on earth and free the Israelites from oppression. And now the Zealots, they were militant. They were a militant Jewish group who wanted freedom from their homeland, and they were centered in Galilee. If you remember, Simon, one of the twelve apostles, was a zealot. Way back early in Scripture, we got the Ten Commandments, and that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai in the Old Testament book of Exodus. And it related a series of thou shalt not phrases. Remember that? They were evils that we were supposed to avoid in our daily living. But here today, Jesus presents the Beatitudes in a very positive sense. They are uh, uh, virtues in life that will lead to reward. Things that we want to do. The, the commandments, things we don't want to do. The Beatitudes are things that we do want to do. And the message of Jesus is always one of humility and charity and love for your brother. We get that from the New Testament. That's, <clears throat> that's what we get from Jesus, right? And love is the motivation for the followers of Jesus Christ, or it should be. He teaches about lives transformed. And while the Beatitudes of Jesus provide a way of life that promises salvation, they also bring peace in the midst of our trials and tribulations in our present life, the things we deal with today. Jesus gives us a way of living for our best life. St. Gregory described them, Beatitude is a possession of all things held to be good, from which nothing is absent that a good desire may want. It's good upon good. Matthew has a careful pattern in the gospel, and here he shows us Jesus instructing his disciples. But these Beatitudes are not just statements, they're, they're exclamations. Oh, the blessedness of the poor in spirit. That is important, for it means the blessedness which belongs to the Christian is not a blessedness which is postponed to some future world in, of glory. It's a blessedness that exists now and here. In the, in the present. And though it will find its fullness in the presence of God, it is a present reality to be enjoyed. The Beatitudes, in effect, say, Oh, the bliss of being a Christian. Oh, the joy of following Christ. The very form of the Beatitudes is a statement of joy and gladness in the life of Jesus Christ. And in the face of the Beatitudes, an unhappy Christian is unthinkable. We can't go through the, through the Beatitudes with an unhappy heart because they are created to lift us, to build our spirits, to bring us closer to the blessedness of Christ. The word blessed, which is used in each of the Beatitudes, is a very special word. It is the Greek word that specifically 
describes a godlike joy found only in Christ. It's a godlike joy found only in Christ. And the Beatitudes speak of that joy that seeks us through our pain, that joy which sorrow and loss and pain and grief cannot touch. The joy which shines through tears and which nothing in life or in death can take away. It's a joy that stays with us. It dwells within us. It's the joy that offers hope in the face of losing a loved one. Hope that in the face of uncertain test results. Hope in the face of family changes. So many things affect the joy that the world offers. But nothing of the world can steal the joy that comes from walking in the presence of Jesus Christ. You see, they're on two different planes. The world can't kill our, our Jesus joy. The joy of the world is finite, but the joy of the Lord is infinite. Now, blessed are the poor in spirit. There are two ways in which we can come at the meaning of this word poor. In the Greek, there are two words for poor. One describes a man who has to work for his living. The other describes absolute and abject poverty. So this beatitude says, blessed is the man who is abjectly and completely broken. Blessed is the man who is destitute. Now for the Jews, the word poor began by meaning simply poor, meaning to have no influence or power, no help and no prestige. Then because having no influence, oppressed by men, finally it describes the man who, because he has no earthly resources whatsoever, he puts his trust fully in God. He completely turns everything over to God. And as we read, as the psalmist wrote in Psalm 34, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. And then Psalm 35 says, God delivers the poor. So if you take the two and you put them together, it says, blessed are the poor in spirit. That means that blessed is the one who realized his own utter helplessness and who has put their whole trust in God. And when a person realizes their own helplessness and has put their whole trust in God, two things will happen. They will become detached from the things because things don't bring happiness. You get that? We, we can separate ourselves from our things because they don't bring the happiness. The boat, the, the race car, the, 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 I don't want to say television, it's football season, but that, that doesn't really bring us joy. Things don't bring us happiness. But they'll come completely detached from the things and they will attach themselves to God. Because God alone can bring them happiness and help and hope and strength. The one who is poor in spirit is the one who has realized that things mean nothing and that God means everything. We have to be careful not to think that this beatitude is calling material poverty a good thing because it's not. It's never a good thing. Jesus would never have called 
or blessed a state where people live in slums and don't have enough to eat, where health rots because conditions are all against it. That's not what Jesus is about. So the idea of blessed is the abject poor, that's not, that's not what he means. It's the aim of Christianity, those who follow Jesus Christ, to eradicate poverty. All kinds of poverty. Blessed is the poor in spirit, knowing that our spiritual needs and even all of our mental and physical needs can only be truly satisfied through a relationship with Jesus Christ. We detach ourselves from the things and attach ourselves to God. And that relationship is our place in the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.